Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. to the middle with your hosts Holly Party and Jordana Levine. In today's app we learn why you can't blame astrology for anything, even failed tech during Mercury retrograde. We reco a Netflix series and a new podcast show. Holly guesses the celeb natal chart of an Australian icon and then we dive back into our series on human design because we almost forgot about it as we uncover what it means to be a manifesting generator. I wish you guys could see us now. We're literally sitting in a cubby house that I created in my home because Holly's still here. She hasn't left. I'm never going home. (laughs) But last week's episode was just embarrassingly tinny for me, the editor of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to create a little sound studio, but... We're, we're huddled down under many, many a blanket. Holly's going to put it up on Instagram later today so you can see it. Yeah, this is not glamorous even a little bit. But, hey, it's the things we do to get the work done. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you today, George, because it's something that I've noticed in the past I have done myself, and I know we see it a lot, and especially you get asked all the time, what are the planets doing right now so that I can blame what's happening in my life on those? Absolutely. I mean, I hear it a lot about the moon, obviously, like, oh my God, this moon's so big. What's it doing? Is this why X, Y, and Z has happened in my life? It happens a lot, of course, with Mercury retrograde when things aren't working out from a tech point of view. People are like, oh my God, is Mercury in retrograde? Why isn't this working? Uh, Relationship stuff. Oh my God, Venus must be in retrograde, whatever it might be. Um, I yeah I do hear it a lot and I I have to say as someone who works a lot with the energy of the moon and the planets I am the first person Mm. to tell you that whether it is the moon the planets or nothing astrology related the work that you have to do is still the same so true and we can't be blaming it on something external it's it's a really interesting point jord because when we're looking for a reason that something is happening in our life we're outsourcing blame and in doing that we're not taking ownership like complete ownership of what is happening in our lives you know what i mean absolutely and i think what makes it more poignant and interesting is when we look at our natal charts Mm. and then make excuses for who we are based on our placements and you and i are both guilty of that absolutely but i don't think that's an excuse for why you can or can't do something or why why you are the way you are it's true there's that meme that does the rounds where it's like susan's like i'm a scorpio and it's like no you're just a bitch (laughs) and it's no no offense (laughs) to scorpios like that is literally the meme and it's it really is uh it's almost can verge on copping out and using astrology as a scapegoat to actually really looking at what's going on in your life that might have dare we say it absolutely nothing to do what's happening with what's happening in the sky and here's the thing like the planets and the moon um are definitely all powerful but not powerful enough 
to overtake free will and your choice. Yes. So I think that's really important to note as well. I think when there's big astrological events going on, and there have been quite a few in 2020, Mm. um, it can be a reason that things are playing out as they do, as they are, but it's not a reason to not do the work to come to peace with it, to process it, to move through it, to learn from it. Totally, because on the other end of the spectrum is becoming victim to it. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you're anything like us, we're not in the game of victim mindset. So when we're sitting in this space of, oh, Mercury must be in retrograde because my technology is work- isn't working, or oh, I'm just feeling more emotional than usual, so it must be in the planets, we're actually blaming something externally, which can lend itself to that victim mindset, rather than taking an empowered stance and going, yeah, there's probably something going going on in the planets but that's not going to stop me from actually looking at my stuff absolutely so what what do we do then what do we do when we're starting to feel a certain way and we're like I wonder if this is the moon can I blame it on the moon Jord did say in Lunar Lover that this was going to be a particularly heavy energy Mm. can I just lay back on the couch and say I'm going to feel the heaviness of this because it's the moon or should I be questioning what's going on in my life well a really good example of this draw is we touched on it briefly last week with that pisces moon energy where i was feeling it intensely because there was stuff that i kept ignoring whereas you had a really easy like an easier approach because you had been working on your stuff so what i would say is if you're feeling heavily emotional or the planets are bringing something up for you especially when it comes to moon phases it's actually your invitation to go deeper into what it is telling you about you Mm. rather than outsourcing to other people guys what is happening and is this the moon and can I blame it on the moon because when you're placing blame on the moon or a planet or your natal chart you're you're outsourcing there's this piece around using it as a scapegoat rather than actually diving deep into the work which is what are you experiencing and why the thing as well is you, you You are outsourcing, absolutely. But you're not outsourcing to a source that can give back. You're sort of, you're placing the blame. You're making the moon the scapegoat, but then none of the work actually gets done. Nothing's being fixed. Mm. So that's that's why I have so much respect for rituals done on a monthly basis around the lunar cycle Mm. and let's be honest it doesn't matter if you're doing it on the full moon or one of the moons in between but this idea of releasing and letting go and yeah the energy of the moon at the time is going to give you a framework of what you might like to release yes but you should be releasing anything that's coming up for you during that lunar cycle. And this is why we do it with the lunar cycle for accountability more than anything else. Absolutely. So rather than placing it externally, you're working alongside it and with it. And this is where all of the beautiful rituals and practices that we talk about regularly, they they are the they are the place you go rather than sliding into a DM and saying, oh, what's happening with Mercury? It must be in retrograde because my tech is fucking up. It's like, hang on a second, let's take a breather. Let's connect with self. Have I been rushing lately? Have I not been present? Is my technology due for an upgrade? You know, like yeah. there are so many life things that just have pretty much little to do with the planets. And obviously we love this stuff. It's it's our favorite thing in the world to talk about. And we're calling ourselves out in this process as well of it's not always possible to blame it on the planets. <laughs> no. So, you know, like um, if we look at our natal charts whole, mm. what do you think are parts of your natal chart that you sometimes 
place the blame on? Oh, such a good question. Uh, I place the blame on, um, well, I used to place a lot of blame on being a Leo, lots. Before I actually did the work, I was very much, uh, oh, I remember saying to one of my coaches at the time where he's like, far out your ego is out of control and I said to him I can't help it I'm a Leo it's intrinsically in me and I remember that conversation at the time being convinced of that story Mm -hmm. being like what do you mean my ego's out of control I like attention yeah I'm a Leo and it was so arrogant in that moment to have that conversation with him but I truly believed it I've done work since to go oh no hang on a second um so I don't think it's a Leo thing I blame unless it's flippantly and as a joke now If anything, right now, the parts of my natal chart I blame the most are probably my Virgo placements um, in Mars and Venus. I'll say that's that's why I communicate this way. That's why I am so pedantic when it comes to um, conversation or uh, arguments that I might have with Trenny. I'll blame it on my natal chart. But do you know what? In just speaking this out, I probably blame other people's natal charts more than my own. So like with Trenny's Pisces moon, I'll be like, oh, Pisces moon. And that's not really fair is it no it's not but we all do it we all do it I I do the same with my chart I don't make I don't think I make excuses with my placements as much as I use them to describe myself in detail but I think also in doing that you you become to identify as your natal chart and Mm. not as who you are as a person and and I can say that there are so many people out there with natal charts that they don't identify with at all. Mm. And I, I've asked the question, like, have you explored your potential knowing what your natal chart is? Like maybe there's sides of yourself that yes. you're shutting down. But also at the same time, I'm like, maybe you're just not, like maybe you're just choosing not to identify with it and is that such a bad thing? It could be okay. I, that's a really good point. It's funny because on the flip side I see some people in my life who will place their poor behaviour uh, on their natal chart. They'll say, oh, that's just the way I am because I'm this placement or I'm this placement. And I, I really want us all to sit with that and go, are we copying ourselves out here? A little bit because that's what I was trying to say before and I couldn't find the words for it. I think what I do with my chart is instead of going, oh, I'm just like that because I'm a Gemini, I go, I'm a Gemini, so I really need to work on that. Yes, right. So looking at the almost like the shadow aspects of your chart and go, how can I dive deeper into bringing some light into those areas? Yeah, but not even the shadow aspects whole, like looking at the positives of Gemini and saying, how can I use that more? Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, how how can I tap into that more? Because it's so intrinsic in my chart so it's like looking at the potentiality in your chart rather than placing the blame on why things are or the potential i like potentiality (laughs) guys i make up words it's because of my gemini rising (laughs) (laughs) so what should we do jord when we find ourselves falling into this look i'm gonna go out and say it and it might be triggering for people but it's victim mindset when we go oh nothing's working what are the planets doing Woe is me. The planets are out to get me. What do we do? Because it's so easy to blame a planet. Yeah, I think the first thing we do... uh, Look, I really don't have the time for Mm. this shit anymore Mm. because I get it in my DMs (laughs) 24-7. If you're DMing me, it's all right. I still love you. But um, I think the first thing we have to do is really 
sit down with a piece of paper and a pen mm. and say, what am I feeling? What lessons are coming up and what can I extract from these lessons? Yes. Um, I do think I've said it a million times. It's becoming my mantra. I do think self-awareness is your greatest superpower. Mm. And so whenever anything's come up, whether it's caused by the moon or your planets or your best friend or your dad, whatever it might be, um, I just want you to ask yourself, why is this coming up and, and what can I extract from it? Yeah, and it's using the cycles of the planets and what they're doing, like with what we were saying with the natal chart, to their potential. What can I look at and explore and what can I unpick in this energy rather than what can I blame this energy for? And that's what I would like people to start doing with the energy of astrology is saying, okay, so Mars is in retrograde right now. The, yeah, the potential of this is that um, sort of regress, regress, sorry, suppressed anger anger or uh, regressive anger might start to resurface at this time how can I use that to my advantage rather than how can I become the victim of it exactly how can I go well I'm just angry and taking it out on people because Mars is in retrograde so once it goes direct it'll be fine it's like no 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 where can I constructively use this energy? And this is about taking an empowered stance with the knowledge and the tools that you know about your natal chart, about what is happening with the moon, about the like astrolog- astrological cycles, but similarly not attaching meaning constantly to them, like almost sitting in the space of, okay, if the planets are just doing nothing right now and the moon is like waning gibbous or something, <laughs> Which is what would just I do? Significant. <laughs> what would I? What would I do? I'd journal. I'd talk to a friend. I'd go for a walk. I'd you know introspect, 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 rather than project, project, project. Yeah, and this you know it, it goes back to that thing like I said before about free will and choice it's like um even though we probably shouldn't be signing contracts during a mercury retrograde for example it doesn't mean you can't yes it just means you need to triple check the contract so little things like that and also finding the plus side to it you know we talk about with mercury retrograde a lot that it's a really amazing time to get reflective it increases your psychic abilities Mm. your intuition opens up so really leaning into that sort of thing it's really a matter of glass half full versus half empty isn't it absolutely do you i mean you are an eternal optimist i think yeah yeah Yeah. i i have gotten better as i've gotten older I would never call myself a pessimist ever, but I kind of just call myself like a realist, a, a realist. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a realist. <laughs> I blame my, no, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm definitely an eternal optimist, even probably at times that it's not um, constructive. Holly, I have subjected you to many a Netflix series <laughs> while you've been staying with me, but you've, been surprisingly loving all of them. I actually have been blown away by the content, Jordan. It's like I just need to get my butt in front of Netflix and start to watch different things. We really need Netflix to sponsor this show. Literally, <laughs> seriously, or just sponsor your life in general. That's right. So, yes, guys, my record this week is a TV show on Netflix. It is Million Dollar Beach House. Oh, I thought you were going to record Glow Up. Did you? Yeah. No, I changed my mind last minute. Oh my God, I love it. Well, guys, let's let's call it a double record. Glow Up is wonderful, but also it's on two seasons. I'm just behind the times with it. It's a makeup artist reality TV show. It's great. But my focus is Million Dollar Beach House. It is, I'm going to read the description. 
A group of young and hungry agents go to extreme lengths to please clients, score listings and close multi-million dollar deals on luxurious listings in the Hamptons. Guys, it's everything you want in more in a Netflix reality TV show. They're open homes for these beach houses that are worth, what, minimum seven mil US dollars? Oh, yeah, minimum. They are like parties with DJs and cocktails. It's it's just one of those mind-blowing um, peaks into other people's lives. It's basically selling, selling Sunset in the Hamptons, but they're all male um, agents rather than female agents like on Selling Sunset. But there's just some very unusual dynamics that go on between the agents, isn't there? Yeah, I, rem- I was watching the first episode being like, I'm not going to really get into this. And then by the second one, George is like, oh, I love how much you're in this. I was leaning on the edge of my seat. It's just, they're such characters. And obviously the producers pick and choose people who are just over the top. But my God, these people, I just can't, I can't relate. And that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. So there you go. That's my rec. Okay, my reco this week um, is a new podcast show. It's called Smartless. Friend of the podcast, Rachel McDonald, introduced it to me because we're both fangirls of Jason Bateman. And um, this podcast is hosted by Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, who played Jack on Will and Grace, and Will Arnett, who is famous for many things, one being Amy Poehler's ex-husband, but also being on um, Arrested Development with Jason Bateman. It's very, very, very funny. Um, They have a lot of famous guests, from Will Ferrell to Kamala Harris. Um, So, like, really different types of guests. You know, politicians to comedians. But it's just, I don't know, I find those guys so hilarious. I've been listening to it when I'm um, in the sauna. I've been having lots of infrared saunas lately and I'm cacking myself in the <laughs> sauna and I'm like, people must be able to hear me. It's so funny. So if you enjoy those those guys, those dudes, um, and you love a good interview podcast, if you're a fan of Armchair Expert, I think you'll like this show. Good reco, Jordan. Your celebrity natal chart this week, Holly, is Australian icon. Kylie Minogue. This is an interesting one, listeners, because I have felt, uh, I, I don't know, like a disconnect with Kylie. I was only having this conversation with friends the other week where I was like, I'm not really a Kylie Minogue fan. And they challenged me. They were like, what about this song? What about this song? What about this one? And I'm like, oh my God, I love her. Why do I feel this almost triggering by her? Mm. And so I really am interested in what her natal chart is because... Anytime I am, I feel some kind of resistance to a woman who I would usually just fangirl, it's telling because it means they're probably like me. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so I'm wondering if like that's kind of where my energy is going with this one, that she is probably very similar <laughs> to my natal chart mm-hmm. and that's why I'm triggered. So let's go. Let's just dive straight in. Okay. Does she have a Leo placement? No. Oh, my God. Well, there goes that entire theory. Mm. Is there a fire placement? No. What? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Stop thinking about Me. you. <laughs> and really start hard. thinking about Kylie Minogue. <laughs> I blame my Leo son. <laughs> okay. Kylie Minogue. Okay, okay. Now that I've dropped in, I actually get water. Is there a water there placement? There is a water placement. And it's just the one placement? Yeah. Okay. 
For some reason, I'm not getting air. Uh, okay. Oh, this is really hard. Is there an air placement? Yes. Are there two air placements? Yes. She's double air water? Yes. Okay. Let's place them. Is her water placement cancer? Yes. That Okay, therein lies the trigger. Cancer rising? Yeah. Okay. Therein lies the trigger. Hmm. Let's place these air placements. Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm tossing up between Gemini and Aquarius. For some reason, I'm not getting Libra. No Libra. Okay. Is she double the same sign? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Is she double Gemini? She's a double Gemini with a Cancer rising, a Gemini in Mercury, a Gemini in Venus, and a Gemini in Mars. You're kidding. <laughs> you thought I was a nightmare. John, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said triggered by you. No, I know. Oh, my God. What? It was it was me that triggered you. Oh, my God. She that has so insane. many Gemini placements. More than you? Yeah. No, um, more significant than me. Yeah. Because my, my only significant ones, I mean, there's a lot of them, Sun, Rising, and Venus, and then I've got Chiron and North Node. But her Mercury and Mars, that, that is so many personalities in your personal planets. And your moon as well. Oh, God. It would it would be so exhausting for her, honestly. But oh. it's why she's such a great performer. It actually makes a lot of sense. And the cancer rising. So sensitive soul as well, but like so much conflict going on internally. Oh. That chart. Oh, Kylie. Reach out <laughs> if you need us to chat with you. <laughs> because if anyone, Jordana Levine understands. I understand. Oh. I feel like I need to reach out and give her a hug. I think you do too. <laughs> Let's send some love to Kylie Minogue today, guys. She needs it. <laughs> but it's Good. also why she's so successful, you know? Totally. And adaptable. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Gemini, so we haven't really talked about mutability and, and fixed signs or cardinal signs, no. but Gemini's a mutable sign. So having that much mutability in your chart is really being able to adapt to any situation. Right. Mm. Oh, my gosh. This is a, that's a wild, wild chart. Design Chat is back, Jord. We could not forget about our friends that are manifesting generators and then reflectors are next week. So today I'm going to shoot off some fun facts about manifesting generators. Do you know, I really don't know anything about manifesting generators. Do I have any in my life? Yeah, you do. So manifesting generators, Jord, are the same core genetic design as generators, uh, which is to respond. Oh. And then act second. So they actually make up the same. When you hear that manif- uh, that generators make up 70 plus percent, oh. they wrap manifesting generators into that statistic usually. Okay. Yeah, but as a whole, they're 32% of the population. Wow. And fun fact for you and I and any other projectors listening, they are the other human design type that we can actually spend time with without getting exhausted by. So we can spend time with projectors and manifesting generators and they won't deplete us. Exactly. It's this unique thing. Okay. So the key for manifesting generators, as I said, is the same as generators to respond to check in with their gut and that sacral authority and it does depend where their authority line is but it really is dropping into how does this feel 
before acting. Mm. The difference with manifesting generators is this piece around efficiency. So they're built for efficiency. It brings them deep satisfaction. And the major difference is when they feel into that pull of needing to act, they are moved very quickly into responding. So rather than sitting on things where generators are encouraged to really sit until it feels right, Mm. manifesting generators feel and they act. The other thing that really is, and I see it with the manifesting generators in my life, I have a few people very close to me with this type, and when it's done well, they can work and work and work and their energy is just like never-ending on things that are really aligned for them. And then once they finished a project or once they finished a night out because manifesting generators in my personal experience of them can go and go and go on a night out then they take the time to rest they take the time to retreat when they when it's done well and they'll pop back up again when they're ready to go again Mm. so while generators have this kind of sustainable go 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 not really needing to stop kind of ever obviously they need to sleep manifesting generators work in these quick intense bursts until they've used all their energy and then they stop to retreat and recharge. I'd love to be like that. Oh, wouldn't it be great? <sighs> I found a fun fact on um, one of the pages that I was reading about manifesting generators in that they are the type that needs to go to bed before they are tired. Uh, so they actually can't wait until complete exhaustion to go to sleep. That's also what we should be doing really? as projectors. Is yeah, it? It's very, very important. Right. Well, that's what came up for them. And they also should be sleeping alone, like projectors. Can projectors sleep with manifesting generators? I'd love to know. And I know that there is a listener who is in a relationship with a projector and she's a manifesting generator. I would love to hear how that works for them. So... Because my pool's very small of people I can sleep next to. I'm trying to expand it. (laughs) The only other thing that um, I feel like is worth noting if you are a manifesting generator is what you're here to learn is being patient before saying yes to things. So really dropping into um, that beautiful inner wisdom rather than what you externally think you should do, much like a generator. And then when it feels like a full body yes, throwing your all in, going balls to the wall with a project and knowing that you can actually sustain sustain that energy when it's fully in alignment for you. So in the Facebook group poll, we had a question from one of our listeners who is a projector, basically asking us our advice on how we tackle social media as a projector because mm. it can be very overwhelming. The conversation we're about to have relates to everybody, though. I don't think it's necessarily a projector thing. No. Um, but there has been a lot going on in 2020 in case you've been sleeping under a rock. Mm-hmm. And social media is the first to broadcast it to everybody and tell you how you should be reacting. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been very overwhelming. Um, uh, and, you know, for specific star signs as well, I guess, uh, mm. it, it can be hard to navigate it. Mm. So we thought we might kind of unpack it a little bit today. Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation, Jord. I know you and I have been talking about it throughout the year around the exhaustion that we feel Mm. just being on social. And obviously this isn't like the platforms themselves haven't changed. But what I have noticed is people's intention maybe around the posting has become either leaky or super regulated and I I can sense people's fear in actually just being able to openly express without getting attacked. I was about to say I feel like a lot of posts come from a space of fear Mm. um, either holding back 
or projecting out of fear. Mm. And either way, it's, well, I mean, maybe not everyone can see it. I can see it. It's yeah. very transparent. Yeah. Um, and I don't like it. I don't like the energy. So what do we do about it, Jord? Because there are obviously so many wonderful things when it comes to social media, running businesses, calling in friendships, having discussions with like-minded communities. There's all of those aspects. But it, I, I feel like even with all of those good things, it just is becoming really, really tiring. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've got a few pointers. The first thing is I think when it comes to personal use of social media, absolutely taking long, long breaks. Nothing will happen to you if you disappear for a little while. Mm. I also think even as a business that is a personal brand, so you and I, Holly, Mm. I think um, a lot of entitlement comes with thinking that we can't take a month off social um, without disappearing from the zeitgeist. So true. (laughs) And I think that we can. So being okay with that. Um, If you are a business who runs the business through um, branded posts and sponsored posts uh, through products or whatever it might be, and I know there are a lot of businesses like that, in those instances at this time, I really recommend outsourcing your um, posting. Totally. Because I don't think that it needs to be coming from you if you're not a personal brand and uh, you can pay someone else to do that. Mm. But when it comes to your own your own uh, personal use of, of social media platforms, honestly, like we say it time and time again, but when I was healing in the last few months just over some mental health stuff, I, I deleted the fucking apps. Mm. I just got rid of them. Mm. It comes down to, again, your own free will and your choice, mm. and you have to be able to say, I choose not to look at something that's making me feel a certain way. Yeah. And the more that you're on there, if you're if it's being um, expressed to you or hyped up through social media posts coming from other people, that if you don't say something, then this makes you that. And if you're not part of this, then we're not going to include you in that. Whatever it might be, mm. it's all fear-mongering. Mm. It's all hype. So you just have to keep tuning back into what feels good for you. And this is where the integrity piece comes in, right? And when you are doing the work on your own energetic integrity and it looks differently for all of us, this is what's important. Like for some of us, we are activists and we want to be speaking out and doing these things. That doesn't mean you have to be. And it's so important as well that, yes, there will be people that you admire and you look up to, but just because they're showing up a certain way doesn't mean you have to. It's that energetic leakiness where how do you feel when you see a post or watch a story or do those sorts of things? And if if it doesn't feel in alignment, it's okay. You can mute or delete it's, it's not the end of the world. And I think there's that piece as well, Jord. I've got many, many, many pages muted on my social. Mm. And it, therein lies a question of the politics of social media, like what it would mean if I were to delete a certain person. That doesn't mean, or like unfollow, I should say, that doesn't mean I don't like them. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that at this point I'm choosing to direct my energy elsewhere. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I, I will mute someone if they're a friend of mine um, just for personal friendship politics. Mm. But if it's a brand, I'm unfollowing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, there are brands that I love and that I'm advocates for that I just love their product and I'm not following them. And it's it's so okay. And I, I know you, you say it, George, with your personal profile and mine too. 
I know there are people that um, will unfollow me and then come back from time to time. And it's totally okay. Like, it's so fine. No hard feelings at all. I do the same. There are some women that I love right now, love following, that I have unfollowed and refollowed in the past. You've just got to gauge what your energy can wants and what you're seeking at the time that you're in. And it will change, like, constantly because you're constantly changing. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to posting stuff, it comes back to, like Holly said, your integrity, but also your intention. If you don't have an intention behind the post, don't post it. Yeah. That's actually something I've noticed in myself this year is I used to be an everyday poster or maybe like four times a week. And now it's probably about five times a month. And yeah. it's, it's it, with stories, it's different. But with posts, it's like, oh, if I'm not really adding value with my fucking bikini shots. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you know, but your captions, you, yeah. your captions add value. Yeah, but if yeah, if, and so do your bikini shots, Holly. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was just being so self-deprecating, guys. This is why I will never mute that whole thing from my life. <laughs> <laughs> you can mute me from you can mute me from your social, but not, from <laughs> not your real life. life. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess the other thing to think about when it comes to social and your innate human design, and because that was, it was in the context of being a yeah, projector, yeah. is it is going to look differently. If you're a projector, uh, you are going to feel the unsaids, the things that are being unspoken in people's intention. So just being conscious of, oh, but everything this person posts is fine on paper. Why am I feeling that resistance? I think also a big piece for projectors, and Holly and I don't do this, and I think we should both start doing it, is because projectors really only have a two-hour window for energy to be used up in any kind of productivity throughout the day, is really segmenting your social media use. Sitting on there and scrolling mindlessly all day is not in line with projector energy at all. No, it's energy leaks. And this is the other thing we need to think about. Every time you get a like, a DM, a story view, a scroll, a new piece of content, you are absorbing the energy of that person, that post, that brand. It is so funny that you say that whole, because when I post a, a, um, not a story, like a feed image, what do you call that? A A post? A post? A post. When I post a post, at night yes and like start coming through and you know I go about doing what I'm doing whether I'm reading or finishing up a show or cooking dinner I can never sleep properly that night really yeah I've got to be very conscious of how often I check my phone once I post something if Mm -hmm. it's at night Mm -hmm. I tend to just only check it a couple of times and then wait until the morning because it's like all of that energy gets absorbed into all my open centers yes and I can't sleep that night much like if there was a generator sleeping next to me in the bed that's what it is we're absorbing so really being aware of where your energy centers are open and taking actual pro like pro being proactive boundaries is so key and I I've started being ruthless and brutal in this with social media if someone is in my dms and it's something that can be emailed to me and it's work related I don't open the message and I don't reply and that's not me being a bitch it's not me being mean it's a boundary of my energy where I can't I I just wouldn't be able to show up in all of the other ways so Mm. what are your boundaries with social and leaning into the story that you're telling yourself around oh it makes me a bad person this person's messaged me or I need to reply to every single comment on my post that's where I know you and I are kind of like bucking the standards when it comes to algorithms and these things because to be honest the Instagram algorithm doesn't work with my energy so I can't 
post that way. I can't show up on the platform that way. Well, can you just explain what that means to people, Hol? So Instagram and all social platforms, even Google, they work off these things known as algorithms. And it's kind of like a gaming of the system. If you're across how the algorithm, and I'll explain some specificities in a second, but if you can work... Was that the word? Specifics. Specifics. <laughs> Specificities. <laughs> but if you can make them work in your favour, then especially if you are a brand or a business on Instagram, it's the hope that you get more engagement, you make more sales, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So some examples of Instagram algorithms are, and it's constantly changing, but the time of day that you're posting, where you're going to get peak engagement, um, what kind of functions you're using in the story, uh, features. So if you're using question box all the time or whatever yeah. else, if you're posting reels, so the most, uh, yeah, this is all my, all my background in marketing is just coming to the forefront here, but any new feature that a platform introduces bumps you up in the algorithm. So for instance, Instagram has just released reels. So the more people who are active, acting and using reels right now, the more their posts are going to be seen, the more their followings are going to grow organically. Um, but for me sitting there, I'm looking at the reels and I'm not going, oh, I better jump on reels because it's going to... I don't know what reels is. What is it? It's like the TikTok equivalent now on Instagram. Oh, fun. The little 15 second videos. Do they give you voices? I don't know. I literally haven't looked at it. Okay. Because I'm looking at that going, yeah, maybe one day I'll get onto Reels, but I'm not just going to jump on something because it's going to boost my Instagram. Do you know when Instagram stories came out? I'm like, this is never going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is Snapchat. What's <laughs> 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 that? <laughs> it's so true. So it really is about, and do you know what? I, I do feel like algorithms would work great for generators and manifesting generators. Yeah. Working to an algorithm would actually be um, really, really beneficial (laughs) whereas projectors are like oh my god my energy is leaking all over the shop and I can't do this um so I I don't know if that helps but yeah that's something that and and John you and I have had quite um a good organic growth in our communities and I see it naturally building over time based on us showing up in integrity and authentically ourselves which is such a buzzword but I believe it rather than trying to fit a mold and adapt to a way that everyone else is doing things absolutely yeah you've been listening to the middle with your hosts Holly as a party and Jordana Levine find us on Facebook just search the middle podcast we love all of your engagement in there and sometimes it feeds into a new app much like today we also would love to see you over on Instagram just search at the underscore middle underscore podcast and while you're there here's an algorithm we'd love you to subscribe to if you loved today's episode take a screenshot and share it in your stories we'll repost it over on the middle and it helps more ear holes get us inside them (laughs) see you next week (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 